am Alexander B. Stevens. This is the brand new up and coming podcast entitled, What is he thinking? The sometimes uncomfortable, sometimes politically incorrect, but always sincere and truthful podcast for the benefit of women from the perspective of men. You've got questions. I've got answers. 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 What's going on? This is What Is He Thinking? The podcast that doesn't perpetrate a fraud or tell you comforting lies but tells you productive and constructive truths. My name is Alexander B. Stevens. You're listening in on episode number 20 of the podcast, which is part two of the Married Patriarch panel, which is the seventh installment of our eight-part marriage series. If you haven't listened to part one of the Married Patriarch panel, go ahead and stop this episode right now. Go back to the previous episode, episode number 19. Check that out and then come back to us, and then you'll be ready to listen to part two of the Married Patriarch panel. The Married Patriarch panel consists of four gentlemen who cumulatively I've known for almost 70 years, and whom each have been in a monogamous relationship with their woman for at least 11 years. Three of the four gentlemen are parents, and each one of these individuals has their own unique take on the institution of marriage and serious dating and relationships. Without any further ado, let's hop back into it. What's going on? Welcome back to the Married Patriarch panel. Jay Taylor, Anthony Spear, Coach TJ, and Nathan Bushwin. Let's continue our discussion. Let's start things off with you, Nathan. What are some tips you would give a woman to help her have the best chance at having a successful long-term relationship? People have to realize that your relationship is your relationship. And I think especially in the world that we are today in Gen XYZ, ZYX, social media and all the other many distractions, a lot of times people get mentally caught up in what I feel is not necessarily reality. They start looking outside at different relationships and what they see on whether it be your Facebooks, your Instagrams or just all these things. And they get into this place of inability to really cope with what they have going on in their life. And what's for you is for you. So I feel like just finding ways to not completely compare yourself to the misnomers of relationships that you see on these social medias, you know. I think your relationship is your relationship and nobody can necessarily paint what is acceptable and what your relationship needs to be. That's you and your significant other. Y'all have to decide what makes y'all one, what makes y'all you, and not necessarily what social media tells you needs to make you you. So you got to keep your relationship, your relationship, and what works for others might not work for you. Everything is specialized and customized for y'all two and your relationship. Yes, sir. Coach TJ. Please tell me the top three things a woman would need to know, be, or do to give herself the best chance at having a healthy, happy, long-term relationship. Well, I think first and foremost would be looking out for your own well-being, such as having your list of non-negotiables. Obviously, these are things that you know for a fact that you would not align with and make sure you communicate them early and often. 
as well as hold yourself accountable to those kind of setting some of those clear boundaries early can help possibly prevent pain and unnecessary heartache later on next i would say have constant talks where you are both defining the relationship and just kind of understanding that you both will and should be changing over time and another thing and it is cliche but be all in even if you don't necessarily feel like it's being reciprocated if you're having trouble in your relationship feeling the same love back or the same energy back those are things that you would need to address going back to the point i made earlier about gathering data again it's not just about gathering data from that person it's also about gathering data about yourself and how you respond to different scenarios and situations and people and personalities so again make sure that you are being all in that way you can say okay this is not working if you do need to leave i would also suggest leaving don't compromise yourself and who you are and what you believe in and your non-negotiables by lingering around. That's some good stuff, Coach. Tony, please tell me your perspective on this subject. What are your top things a woman needs to know? The beautiful thing about this is I don't think there's a cut and dry answer. It all depends on who she's with. So those top three answers will look completely different if it's somebody that is marrying me versus you versus the next guy. I don't think that it's fair to put uh, three specific things on relationships in general. And that's the beautiful thing about it is there's somebody out there for everybody. What everybody's top three happen to be, right? You can find that woman out there. Is it going to be challenging? Absolutely. But I don't think there's three specific things. So you don't think that there are certain things that are important no matter what type of relationship you have? For example, communication or knowing your partner's love language or things of that nature. You don't have any bits of generic advice that you think could apply to multiple situations and most relationships? Yeah, I mean, things like being faithful, having communication, common interests, you know, not driving each other crazy, basic things. But I guess what I meant by that was, is just whether, you know, a man wants a submissive woman, he can probably find that. A man that wants a dominant woman can probably find that. A man that could probably find a woman that lets him go out five nights a week and a woman that doesn't want him to go out. There's somebody out there for everybody. Communication, obviously, is going to be a big one. Common interests two people that can challenge each other uh, and do it in a respectful, productive manner. Respectful manner. Keyword respect. Yep. Jay Taylor. Top three things. Your turn. Let's go. Honesty is the big, big one. And I don't mean just you being an honest person in terms of you're not a liar and a cheat and a thief kind of thing. I mean, that's obviously important, but honesty, like with yourself, like I said earlier, you claim you want these things in a, a partner. Is that because those are those cliche nice to have type things and you think this is what I want because this is what society says I should want? So being honest with yourself, because if you're lying to yourself, you're never going to be successful with somebody else brought into the picture. So honesty is a big piece of it. And then also being honest about where you draw lines, right? Like, yeah, nobody's going to come perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not. Nobody is. So what are some things that are deal breakers for you? You need to be solid on that because if you start wavering and shifting things, you're thinking like, oh, I'm being this understanding person and I don't care if it takes a few days, a few months, a few years, you find yourself married with kids and you eventually get to that point where it's like, I should have never overlooked this. So be honest with yourself. That's one. Two, I cannot stress humility enough. There's a bunch of arrogant MFers in the world, you know, and I think I border on being cocky. I think the friends that I keep and everything are all confident people. I think it's a good trait to have. 
along with that comes humility, right? And so for a woman who's saying, I wanna be in a grown up adult relationship with the prospect of marrying this person, you have to be humble enough to admit your faults and then also be able to admit when you're wrong. I think that is so uncommon, so uncommon. And I think it would go a long way to showing a guy like, well, this person is somebody special or she's being mature enough to handle a grown up relationship that she can admit fault. So those two things I think are huge. The third bit of advice, I think kind of being able to go with the flow and that all maybe rolls into like the humility and all that kind of stuff too. But I think most guys, when it comes down to, they're looking for like a chill woman. Yes, there are guys who like kind of that high strung and extra like personality kind of thing. I mean, that's, that's definitely not me personally, but there are some guys that gravitate toward that. Their mothers were like that, their aunts, their sisters or whatever. So they just think like, oh, okay, I need a woman who's gonna be the same way. But you can have that personality type where you can be deemed extra or everybody knows you're here, but you can still be a chill person behind that. So I think we often misconstrue what that means. But for me, a woman being chill means like you can do shifts. You you don't have to be on this rigid, I'm keeping up with the Joneses and this expectation of what everything else in life should be. You have your values, you have your core sets of beliefs and things that you're not gonna budge on. But within that, like Bruce Lee said, be like water, my friend. Like, I'm not trying to be with some obstinate, rigid person. That doesn't make for a fun relationship for anybody. Those people often don't like being around themselves. So why are you gonna add a new person into that? Honesty with yourself and your partner, humility, and then being flexible and being chill. That's some real thought-provoking stuff right there. I like that. So, Mr. Taylor, let's go ahead and move on to the next question. You are the father of one lovely daughter who I think has a fifth birthday this fall. If my memory serves me correctly, please tell me, how does parenthood affect marriage? And what do you guys do in order to keep your relationship healthy and strong, despite the new responsibility of taking care of your kid? No, that's a really good question. I think we think that we're prepared for being parents and having kids. And I think the reality, at least for me, is you are, but you're not. You're never truly ready for it. Kids change your life so drastically. And I think if you are good parents, they should. You can't be the same person you were before you had a kid. That just doesn't seem logical to me or fair to your child. But at the same token, like you said, you still have to remember that there's this person across from you, your spouse, who was there before this child was and like still part of that kind of unit. So you gotta find that balance of saying, all right, cool, we still have to find ways to make time for ourselves independent of the child. Or if we're doing things, you know, as a family, it can't just be all kid first. And, and you know, there may be some people who think that sounds rude, but you're not doing the best for your kid if you're always putting them first, because that's not real life either. And if the parents aren't happy, then the kid is not gonna be happy, whether it's today or down the line. So you gotta take care of both fronts. But definitely being a parent changes you 100%. You learn new things about yourself. Some things are great. Some things you realize like, ooh, I didn't really like this. And the same for your wife. You admire the hell out of her for carrying a child, delivering a child. If you guys choose a breastfeed, like doing that is, all that's like miraculous. I mean, it's such an eye-opening experience. 
you cherish the heck out of her for being able to create this life and do all that stuff for it. But then at the same time, you come home and the baby's crying, your wife is crying, you may sit in the car for 10 minutes because you're like, I don't want to walk inside right now. Like, so, I mean, there's all those levels to it. But I think the biggest one is, like I was saying, not letting that child take over because they will. Kids are amazing, but they're almost like parasites. They can't do anything for themselves. They rely on you totally for, for money, food, everything, time. You got to make sure you're taking care of yourself and make sure you're taking care of your spouse. All of that comes in. Tony, you have two kids, a boy and a girl. Please tell me, what do you and your wife do to keep the spark alive in your marriage? And just in general, how does parenthood affect marriage? I, I think it's only made our relationship stronger. It's made it more meaningful. There's no more practicing. There's no more, you know, we got to figure this out because it's here. And what I do and what she does not only has direct consequences for each other, but now we have two human babies that we are responsible for that we have to consider. It also, as a man, something that I want to teach my son how a man should treat a woman. And I want to teach my daughter how she should be treated as well. So not only is my relationship with my wife important to keep our own sanity as parents, but also to be models for our children so that they grow up and they understand what it means to be in a loving, productive, healthy relationship and family. Okay, I hear you. I feel you. So you and your wife, what do you guys do to stay connected? Do you guys have date nights or like what do you do in order to not get lost in parenthood and remember that you are husband and wife first? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're not really out going out type of people. We're not really date night type of people. That's not really, I mean, we you know, like to go out to dinner or whatever. I think it's just more finding time in every day just to dedicate to each other carve it out, whether it's five minutes at the end of the day or actually spending quite a bit of time watching a show or doing whatever together, cooking together, or just carving that time out and just one-on-one, -on -one, that sort of time together that you don't really think about from a day-to-day -day basis, but when you put it all together, it becomes what really holds a relationship together. Just letting that other person know you're there for them, dedicating time to them. Have to carve out that time whenever you can, huh? Absolutely. And it's tough with kids, but you, you find a way. Nathan, you have two boys. Talk to me about parenthood and marriage. Man, to me, this is where you have to literally pretend like you're in the circus, figuratively and literally. But no, it's about balance. It's about being able to juggle multiple things. And it's all about, you know what? This life is no longer just for me. This life is for me and the seeds that we've planted. You know, hey, what are some of the things that I'm going to pass down while at the same time still being able to balance our marriage and focus on us? I feel like a lot of marriages, they make it through that five-year itch, seven-year itch, 10-year itch, and then boom, before you know it, the kids are 18, and it's like, damn, these kids done left the house. Why did I like you again? So you still have to be able to sit back and find that us time. There's no better time than the present to, to make sure that you're understanding that us time. And I feel like, and I, I'm not trying to be male chauvinistic with this, but a lot of times, it, and it's because the kids somehow get a stronger bond to the mothers a lot of the times, that sometimes it's easy to forget about the significant other when, when the kid is, for lack of better terms, still being breastfed from a mental standpoint all the way until they're in their teenage years. So it's about being able to balance your relationship while at the same time giving the necessary attention to kids. And let me tell you, they some attention-hungry mofo. They can be needy as can be, but it turns into a balancing act that, you know, you start to feel like you're in a circus. Barnum and Bailey Circus. Okay, I hear you. But what I have not heard is you say anything about a date night or any kind of scheduled time together in order to keep the relationship healthy. What are your thoughts on that? 
Man, I've, I've used to hear about that. Hey, you know what? Date nights on two days of the month or on Fridays. And I think whatever it is that works for people. And it's weird. There's some people that need a lot of structure in their life to be successful at anything. And there's some people that want absolutely no structure. I feel like me and my wife, we have been a mesh of both. While we've never sat here and said, X days are the date nights, we have been able to say, hey, you know what? What are things that we can do to find time to just be us? By date night, it's not saying, hey, we have to go sit up on the 80th floor of some high rise building and have dinner and overlook the city. Sometimes a date night could just be, hey, you know what? We're about to order in, the kids are gonna be asleep, they'll play in their room and we're gonna watch this movie together. And you can still have Netflix and chill nights and at the same time, you can still go out to a bar, get dressed up and do what you can do. So I feel like if structure is what you need in your marriage, then you definitely need to put that structure when kids come along and you're figuring out how to still like each other after 18 years. But if you're not one that needs all the structure and everything's spelled out, I would say just make a conscious effort as much as you can to make sure that you all are still able to do the things that you enjoyed. Obviously, kids throw a new dynamic in and you can't do all the things you enjoyed, but there's ways around that. Oh, okay, I see. So if you think your situation requires structure, then definitely schedule those date nights in. But if not, just read the situation, be creative, and squeeze that quality time in when you can. Okay, makes sense to me. Anyway, let's shift gears, Nathan. Based on your own personal experience and the experiences of those that you know intimately, what type of advice would you give a newly engaged or a newly married young woman that you cared for? What type of advice would you give a newly engaged or newly married family member, cousin, or friend that you cared for? I would say the number one thing is compromise. You just got to be willing to compromise. And by compromise, I'm not saying that you got to become something you're not or bend over completely backwards till your back snaps in three places while the male is just kind of sitting back or female, vice versa, is just sitting back with their foot up. But at the same time, you have to both be willing to say, you know what? It's not always about my interests. Sometimes it's got to be about our interests and what's for the better good of the two of us. So. I feel like you want the easiest way to crash a marriage, never compromise and have it your way like Burger King only. So I'd say that's number one. Number two is just a mutual sense of respect. When I say that there's very few things that I think this just won't, a marriage just wouldn't work, I think that's another one of them. I mean, you start to have a constant disrespect and just not respecting people and, and each other for who they are it's gonna to be tough to have a long-term marriage. And I think people can date, take disrespect for some time, but after some time, it, it starts to wear on you and you just can't find success in a relationship that, you know, there's not a mutual respect for each other and, and just what you are. And I would say, if I, if I could look at that third one, it's just, you know, um, every once, it, it's communication, you know, every once in a while you do have to kind of analyze where you all are at in your relationship, your marriage, and just communicate. I mean, you can be emotionally connected to somebody, you can have the craziest chemistry, you can have mad attraction, but if the communication isn't there or you don't understand each other's communication languages, then that's an easy way to crash a marriage, you know? You can have all that attraction in the world, but as soon as that first issue comes up and the communication ain't there, lines get crossed and things are just never go the right way. So I noticed you didn't mention uh, having three times a day intercourse. That's not on your top three uh, list of it. But 
anyway, <laughs> we're keeping this serious here. <laughs> yeah, times a day intercourse ain't bad, but I can guarantee that's not sustainable. Just life happens, you know? Maybe two times a day. How about that? Two times a day. Okay, okay. All right. Sounds like a good compromise. <laughs> anyway, Coach TJ, what are your thoughts on this topic? What engagement or marriage advice would you give? Without getting too far into it, just a couple of key points that I have actually shared in the past with one, if not more times. A um, couple of things. I think first, that whole concept of having a growth versus a fixed mindset. Things aren't always going to stay the same. And again, no relationship should stay stagnant. So therefore, as again, I keep going back to the point earlier about evolving and changing. Just have more of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and communicate where you are and where you feel you're going, where you feel the relationship is going. And hopefully that other person can have those same open thoughts and conversations with you. Second point, make sure that you are on the same page with that other individual in terms of, again, the things that you want in terms of profession, place to live. You know, all those things are going to be a part of your decision making going forward. So things like that seem obvious and you have to go through them. But the more conversation you have about those things would help you all in terms of making those decisions easier later on. Okay, I see. So make sure you have deep discussions about big picture goals and ideals about how you would like to live your life together, career, finances and things of that nature. Makes perfectly logical sense to me. Tony. What are your thoughts? What type of advice would you give a newly engaged younger female family member or friend? Really use that engagement period to find out and make sure that's what you want to do. Uh, broken engagement is hard, but broken marriage is harder. So definitely use that time to really dive deep into each other, find each other's buttons and press them and find out what happens. Uh, I think that's very, very important. But I think it's important to also take these situations that you are in the middle of that feel huge while they're happening and try and step back, try and compartmentalize them and think about them. And really that's the time where you got to start putting that other person before you and start thinking about what they want, what their needs are. And if that's something that's easy for you to do, more power to you. It's going to be great. But be patient with each other. Take time for each other and really use this engagement time to, to find out what you need to find out. It's something that, you know, my engagement was kind of kind of a rough one, but it actually made us, we had our ups and downs in it, but it made us who we are. And it made me know that that's what I wanted. It made her know that I'm what she wanted. So use that time wisely. So you would say to make sure to use that time, that engagement period before you actually tie the knot to make a thousand percent sure this is the decision you want to make. Can't argue with that. Jay Taylor, how would you answer the question on the table? One, don't do it unless you're absolutely sure. I am a firm believer in like, if I'm assigned my name to something, then like, let's be for real about it. No, no half step. So if we're boyfriend and girlfriend, boyfriend and girlfriend. If I'm still in a phase where I think I want to go so mo all oats and like, let's not be together. So if we're going to get engaged, that means we're getting married. And if we're getting married, that means we're married until somebody dies, right? So one, you're going to take that step. Be sure about it. Don't be caught up in like, oh, I'm in love with this boy. And like, he asked me this or whatever. If you're not ready, do yourself and him a favor and say you're not ready. 
either that relationship isn't the one that's supposed to work out or you guys reset and say, okay, cool, we need to do this, this and that and get to this page before we do it. So that's one. Two, recognize that, yes, titles change, right? Like titles do change things. You go from being flirty, casual acquaintances to now your boyfriend, girlfriend is exclusive. Beyonce is a next level kind of thing of, oh, we're on this threshold of being married. So we're kind of like a little bit above you regular dating people. There's always levels to things. And I think expectations change with it, but don't get too caught up in that. This is the same person that the day before they asked you to marry them, y'all were just dating and things were as they are. So if your expectations of a marriage partner are that much different than what you've been expecting of your dating partner, I think there are already some issues there. There should be a step up and some adjustment, you know, like it's no different than somebody who plays baseball in college. I expect a certain work ethic. I expect a certain athletic talent. If I'm going to draft you to my major league team, do I expect that this college kid is going to perform at a major league level on day one? No. So there's some growth there. There's some expectations of you improving, but I'm not going to draft somebody who plays lacrosse to go play basketball. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you're not making that big of a jump. So don't treat it like that. You're getting married. Cool. Enjoy that. Celebrate this person that you're with and make sure you guys are on the same page about what being married means to you. Because if you have these crazy expectations and the other person's thinking, oh, we're just in a new phase of what we've been doing, you're going to run into conflict. Expectations, man. I tell you, I think last week I posted on my Facebook that the father of disappointment is uncommunicated expectations. And I feel like that's, that's so true. Yeah. Hold on. One thing I think I want to add to that. <laughs> also, for that, it may be weird talking to a, a younger cousin or sister about this, especially because I'm so protective of family, but whatever. I mean, sex is a part of, of relationships and life. Don't feel like you got it sewed up, money in the bag, because now you're married. These things can drop off. The same stuff you were doing to, let's say, keep this dude are the same things that still apply in a marriage. Like, yeah, we might be now literally contractually obligated before God, before whoever you believe in. and in legal terms with the state to maintain this contract of marriage. But look, it takes work on both sides. Don't get lazy and, and fall off, whether that be in like your, your physical upkeep or things that you guys do from like a sexual standpoint. And then even the simple stuff, right? Like dates and things like that, that still are important that you need to maintain in that marital relationship that you were about prior to that. Don't just get caught up and be like, all right, cool. I'm the fat cat now. I'm gonna sit back and just chill. It doesn't work like that. CEOs work way harder than people give them credit for. Yeah, they're making, you know, millions or whatever and all this stock options and everything. But like, they're the people who are up till 11 and 12 o'clock still working on things work related while you went home and clocked out at six and been done all day. So same thing with marriage. There's still a lot of work that goes into it. So you're basically saying don't sit back and rest on your laurels, but know and believe that marriages work and you must work on yourself and work on the marriage every single day. Sounds like some sound advice to me. Well, there we have it. Those are all the questions that I have for you guys this afternoon. I appreciate you gentlemen for sitting down with me, taking time out of your day to share with us your thoughts on dating and marriage. Before we go on ahead and end things, does anyone have any closing thoughts, anything that they forgot to mention earlier, any message they want to leave us with, or just their feelings about this panel discussion we just concluded? 
you know, this was a cool experience. I appreciate you inviting me on the podcast. One, you know, it's interesting to kind of have this little session where you are focusing all your thoughts on kind of relationships in general into one session. It was kind of eye-opening for me to think about and revisit different phases of my life and, you know, where I am today and where I want to be tomorrow kind of thing. So, no, I appreciate it. Tony? Make yourself you before you try and have somebody else make you. That's the biggest thing. And you know what? If you haven't had any tough times, then you're never going to get to the end of it. But just be you. Know what you're looking for, but don't force things. Let things happen organically as much as you can and just hang in there. Coach, all in all, relationships take work. They take time. And obviously, they take two people willing to work through whatever obstacles or issues that you may have in order for it to work. No one is perfect, but if you understand the why behind a person, what they done or said what they said, then I think that helps you be able to grow and mature together. And ultimately, that's what it's really about. How well can you grow and mature with each other? Because there are going to be some trying times. They're going to be unforeseen circumstances, situations that you could not have planned for. So again, how willing are you to stick with who you chose or who you picked to be in a relationship with? Nathan? I just want to say that everything that I said is up for debate. I definitely will be the first one to say that I don't have all the answers, but I do have an answer. And I feel like the things that I mentioned can definitely help at least one person. And if not, then, you know, I need to slap myself in the mouth. But otherwise, you know, I think, again, this is just my perspective and my opinions. Those are definitely some words of wisdom to think on. All right, gentlemen, once again, thank you very much for your time. I truly, deeply appreciate it. Thank you for having me, sir. I appreciate it. For sure. Hopefully you enjoyed your experience, and this is not the last time we will hear from you, and I'll be able to bring you back at some point in season two of the podcast so we can have another discussion. How does that sound? I'm down. Yeah, 100%. Alexander, I would love to, my man. I would love to. And there you have it, the Married Patriarch panel. Just to recap, in this episode, we discussed top tips to help you have a healthy, successful, long-term relationship. We talked about parenting and marriage. And we talked about top tips you would give a woman who is newly engaged or newly married to either know how to make sure the person they're going to marry is the right one or to give their new marriage the best chance at success. Some of the marriage advice given was to have a growth versus fixed mindset. You can't expect things to stay the same. Be willing to compromise and for you to make sure that you keep top of mind that the decisions you make and the compromises you make need to be what's best for the couple, not just what's best for you. Another thing that was discussed is that you must be willing to work to keep your marriage going and it's successful. There is no autopilot marriage. In regards to the engagement stage, this is the time where you should push all buttons and see what happens and see is this what you really want. This is a time where you have to start putting the other person before yourself and see if you can actually be okay with that and if you're good at it or if that's going to be a forever struggle. In regards to parenting and marriage, the majority of the panelists didn't really prescribe to the structured nature of date nights, but they did say you must set aside time whenever you can, even if it's only in the house 
to spend that quality time with your significant other. If you allow it to happen, kids can completely dominate the household and dominate your relationship. So you have to make sure that you keep each other a priority. And lastly, some of their thoughts on how to keep a long-term relationship healthy in general were as follows. Your relationship is your relationship. Don't look at others. Stay focused on what you guys have going on in your household or in your relationship. Furthermore, what is best for your relationship might not be best for somebody else's. So just know that each relationship is unique and the optimal modus operandi of each relationship is custom. Have consistent talks where you are defining and redefining the relationship. Be all in. You'll never know if it'll work if you're not giving full effort. Communication is key. And of course, being faithful is key. Be humble enough to admit your faults and work them out. And always be honest to yourself and your partner. That wraps things up. The Married Patriarch Panel. Over the last four episodes with the Married Patriarch Panel and the Married Men's Roundtable, we've talked to eight different individuals with eight unique but healthy and long-lasting relationships, and we got their perspective on marriage and serious dating. If you're unfamiliar with healthy relationships, if you weren't raised in a two-parent household, if you don't know too many people that have had healthy, successful marriages, then go on ahead and pick one, if not a handful of these eight guys, and follow their lead, follow their advice, take it to heart, and I believe it'll give you the best chance at you having this serious relationship or marriage that you've always dreamed about. That should just about wrap things up. I appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen to what I have to say. And if you found any part of this episode helpful, thought-provoking, or intriguing, please share it with a friend. The more people I can help, the better I feel within. If you have any questions, any suggestions for new topics for me to discuss in the future, or if you need any clarification on anything I have spoken on, please just shoot me an email at whatishethinking at gmail.com. What is he thinking at gmail.com. Or you can send me a message via my Anchor website. All you need to do is go to anchor.fm forward slash what is he thinking forward slash message anchor.fm slash what is he thinking slash message go there leave me a couple words and if it's constructive i will definitely get back to you or keep your thoughts in mind when i record future podcasts and never forget i'm not here to tickle your ear my only goal is to tell you what you need to know i'm not here to offend I just want to see you win with men. Well, until we meet again.